Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Burgoon campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. You know, uh, this story of Jonah is, um, is a very interesting one. I know that kids have had fun acting it out today and um, we're going to talk a little bit more about it in a moment. But let me pray. Amazing God, we do thank you that we can be here today. Thank you so much for the freedom that we have to be able to meet together. We thank you for your word. Thank you for what you teach us in your word, the Bible. And we pray that you will help us to have open hearts open minds, open ears today to hear what you have to say to us. We thank you and praise you in your mighty name. Amen. All righty. Well, guys, you know, it's great to be here for Summer Sundays. It's very exciting. We, um, we thank you guys for acting out, Jonah, the story for us today. And thank you for providing me with some water. It's, um, it's warm. I might need it. Um, now, Jonah, he wasn't actually a very good model for us to follow, was he? You know, God asked him to do something, to go to the Ninevites, and he went the other way. He went the opposite direction. You know, when we actually point the finger at Jonah, it's very easy for us to do that. But if we go a little bit deeper, below, below the surface, below our Sunday best, we might discover that we're actually a little bit like Jonah. I've been challenged this week because I've prepared this service for you as well. There are times when we know we should do something. We know in our mind what is right and what God wants us to do, but sometimes we just, our body goes the other way to what we should be doing. There are some things that I don't like doing, like mowing the lawn and putting the bins out. Now, I know I should do these things, and don't get me wrong, I do actually do them, but I don't enjoy doing it. And I often think, oh, I wish somebody else would put the bins out for me. I wish somebody else could be responsible for doing that. I do it, but I'm not happy about doing it. I wonder if there's something in your life that you don't enjoy doing. Why don't you take a moment, tell the person next to you something that you don't like doing. I wonder how many people said unpack the dishwasher or make your bed. Maybe it's to turn the TV off and go to bed. Adults, sometimes we need to remember to do that too. Alrighty, well, let's talk a little bit more about Jonah. Now, we know that he was a prophet, so he heard from God. He received messages from God, and this was before the Holy Spirit was available for all believers. And so the the messages from God would just come on occasions to some people for a specific reason and purpose. So Jonah heard from God. He was told very clearly, go to Nineveh. Now, we're going to show a map, and it might be a little bit confusing, because you're facing south, so Nineveh is, was on the southeast, okay? But on our map, the map is facing north, so Nineveh's up over there, okay? Now, Jonah was a real guy. I'm sorry if the map's a little bit confusing for you, but I thought it might help to see where everything goes. Um, Jonah was a real guy, and he lived on earth about the same time as the prophet Amos, 800 to 750 years before Jesus. And in 2 Kings chapter 14, we read that Jonah was born in Gath-Hefer, which is about three miles north of 
um, of Nazareth in Galilee. So he was born there and he was asked or told by God to go to Nineveh. So, so you can see Nineveh is over there. It was the capital city of Assyria. We'll get back to that in a little bit. Jonah didn't just ignore God and not listen. He went in the opposite direction. He went down to Joppa in the southwest. And then he got on a boat to keep on going as far away as he could think of, all the way to a place that's really tricky to pronounce, Tarshish maybe, in Spain. He went as far away as he could. Well, he attempted to. I wonder if sometimes we know that God wants us to do something and like Jonah, we ignore him or we even go in the opposite direction. Or like Jonah, we perhaps try and shut God out, shut out his voice. I wonder if you know, maybe put your hand up, if you know that we cannot run away from God. We can't run away from him. In fact, in Psalm 139, it says that no one can run from God. There's nowhere on earth we can go that is away from God. There's this really long word called omnipresent. That means God is everywhere. There is nowhere where we can go where we can run away from God. So why didn't Jonah go to Nineveh? Why did he think that it was okay to run away? Why did he seem to hate the Ninevites so much? Well, there are three reasons. First of all, they were foreign. They were different. They were not a part of God's family. They were not descendants from Abraham. They were Gentiles. They were from a different nation. They were a different nationality to him. So Jonah was actually discriminating against the Ninevites. Secondly, Nineveh was the big important capital city of Assyria, which I mentioned earlier. Now, Assyria was the enemy of God's people who threatened to take them into exile away from the promised land. Just to give you a little bit of background, in 930 BC, the family descendants of Abraham split into two kingdoms. There was the northern kingdom, known as Israel, and the southern kingdom of Judah. So King Jeroboam II ruled in the northern kingdom at this time where Jonah was, and Assyria was the powerful enemy of Israel. The prophet Amos had warned that the enemy Assyria was going to take them into exile, take them from their promised land. So they were the enemy. Assyria was the enemy. And that actually did happen in around 722 BC. They went into exile in Assyria. So this is happening just before then. So the Ninevites were the enemy. The people who lived in Nineveh also did evil things. They didn't love God. They didn't obey God. In fact, Nahum writes about them and says that they were people that stole stuff from others after wars. They plundered, if you like. They misused their bodies. They took advantage of others financially and they engaged in witchcraft. They were evil people and they were mean to Israel. So Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh. God, however, had some messages for Jonah, reminding him of the mission that he was called to do. I wonder if you can think back to our drama. What were some of the messages that God sent to Jonah? How did he remind him, hey, I want you to be thinking about this calling? 
There was the storm on the boat that we kind of just skipped over very briefly, but there was the storm on the boat. There was the giant... Now, this is not a tent today. This is a whale or a fish or something that lived in the ocean that swallowed Jonah and gave him some time to think for three days and three nights. What else was there? Over here, we had a giant leaf and there was this, the worm and the sun and the wind, all of these things that came as messages to Jonah to remind him that God is in control and that God had a call on his life. Now, this story isn't prescriptive in a way that it says this is how God's going to speak to every one of us. But it does tell us that God can speak to us if we are prepared to listen. So while Jonah sat for three days and three nights in the belly of the whale, the giant fish, he had time to think and time to listen to God. And Jonah sang a psalm, either one that was familiar to him or one that he composed himself. And it was not just a prayer, but it was a song of praise and worship. And it followed the structure of a thanksgiving psalm. And it ended with a vow and a promise. In Jonah chapter 2 verse 9, Jonah says that I, that salvation comes from God and I vow to do good. Then God delivered Jonah out into dry land and repeated the instruction that he'd been given earlier. Jonah had the ability to respond, a response ability, if you like. This time, Jonah did go to Nineveh and he obeyed. Jonah responded to God. And God, but his message, as you remember, was doom and gloom. He didn't share the love of God. He shared destruction was coming to Nineveh. And the Ninevites understood that God was not happy with their behaviour. Great acting from the kids, by the way. Um, They were shocked and they stopped what they were doing. Jonah knew that God was a compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love. He didn't want good to happen to Nineveh. He didn't want God's love to be shared with him. He didn't want God's favour to be on the Ninevites, but only the people of Israel. Jonah didn't love the Ninevites the way that God did. In fact, his attitude was not one of gratitude for the love that God had for all people. Jonah was unwilling to share God's compassion, his love and his grace. He was so jealous and upset that he even wanted to end his life. Jonah thought God should only love some people, the chosen family of Abraham. Jonah was not thankful that God was kind and merciful to the Ninevites. A little bit like me when I put my bins out. I do it, but I'm not happy about it. In fact, we saw in the Bible drama that, God, that Jonah goes up the hill to sit and view Nineveh, to see what will happen next, still very upset. And then Jonah was even more upset about the plant dying than he was for the 120,000 people that lived in Nineveh. God's concern was for the people of Nineveh. So God has the last word and gives us two main takeaways from this story. The truth below the surface. First of all, we need to understand that God has concern for people. 
And second of all, we need to understand that we have a role in carrying out that concern. While we might be so busy pointing the finger at Jonah, if we stop and take a look, we've actually got more fingers pointing back at us. God was compassionate towards the 120,000 people who lived in Nineveh. It's not that God loves evil. He doesn't love the people because they are evil or do evil things. He loves them because they are human. All people have an intrinsic worth to him in spite of their behaviour, in spite of our behaviour. You see, Jonah misunderstood God. He thought God should only love some people. I actually think kids understand this so much better than we do as adults. All too often we are so quick to say, oh no, they're not like us, let's stay away. All too quick we are to say, oh they're different, let's be safe. We will, I, hang out with my church friends. My Christian friends that have the same ideas as me and like the same things as me. Am I like Jonah? Jonah misunderstood God's love and concern, so his message was not one of love. And the second thing is that it is so important that we understand we have a role in carrying out that concern that God has for all humanity, to reach the unreached, to love the unlovely, to share the message of Jesus with those that don't understand who he is, those who are not part of his family, part of our church. Maybe they are people that we sense they're lost, they're lonely, they're without hope, those who don't know the treasure that we have of Jesus. There are three things that Jesus teaches us that Jonah didn't know because he was before Jesus but we are here now and we can remember these things that Jesus taught firstly Jesus said to love your enemies it's sometimes really hard to do but in Matthew chapter 5 Jesus said you have heard that it said love your neighbor and hate your enemy But I tell you to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be the children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people... What are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. As followers of Jesus, as Christians, we are to love others like God does. How are we any different from non-Christians if we limit our kindness only to our friends? It is really hard to continue smiling to that kid at school who spits on us. That kid that keeps on pushing us on purpose, who bumps us. Our neighbour who has the noisy dog or maybe some even more disruptive behaviours. The work colleague who seems to always challenge our ideas and takes more than they give. In Western Australia, our enemies might not seem that big. In other parts of the world, 
People have enemies that are a real threat to their lives. But all human enemies are people who need to know God. 1 John 4 reminds us that if we truly love God, then we will love others as God does. He loves all people. And in Romans chapter 3, it states that being right with God is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned. We all fall short of God's glory. We all need the grace of God. We too were once enemies of God. We were Gentiles, not part of God's family. So we really should extend that love and grace to others. We are all called to be part of God's family. They are missing out on something amazing, this relationship with Jesus. Now, the second thing that Jonah didn't know is that his three days and three nights in the fish foreshadowed Jesus' time in the tomb. Matthew 12, starting at verse 40, says, For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will stand up at that judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And now something greater than Jonah is here. Jesus is greater than Jonah. Jonah was a man who warned the Ninevites of their coming punishment, the destruction and doom, the consequence of their sin. And Jesus, he came to offer love and forgiveness for all that we have done wrong. He took the punishment for us. And if you like, he sat in what was similar to time out for three days and three nights. Not because he had done anything wrong, but because of everything that we have done wrong. And he came alive again to give us new life, a second chance. So if we choose to live life in obedience to him, we can choose that. Or we can choose to ignore him to go the opposite direction. We have the ability to respond. The third thing that Jonah didn't know was that Jesus wants us to tell others. After Jesus had risen from the dead, he spent time with his followers and the last thing that he said to them before he went to heaven was this from Matthew 28. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them everything, to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. The go here means that as you go into the world, as you go to school, as you go to work, as you go to the shops or to the park, and at the moment we can't go on an aeroplane that easily to go to other places around the world. But wherever your sphere of influence is, as you go, we are to share this love of Jesus, sharing our knowledge of Jesus, teaching others what he has taught us, sharing our story. And not in our own strength, 
but by the power of his Holy Spirit, he will open up opportunities for us to share this incredible message to those who don't know Jesus yet. So it is important for us to understand that God has a concern for the people that don't know Jesus yet. And we have a role in carrying out that concern that God has for all humanity. We are called to share the good news of Jesus. We can ask God to show us who it is that he wants us to share this message with. And we need to pray for wisdom to understand that calling more clearly. How we share this message of Jesus might not look like how somebody else does it. Some of us are called to be evangelists. Some are pastors. Some are teachers. Some are just like you and me. All of us are called to love. All of us have that calling on our lives, to love others. It's more important than putting the bins out. The decision to follow the call on your life makes an eternal difference. Now, many of you do understand this calling on your life. I know there are people in our church community that are chaplains in the prisons, chaplains in schools. You're involved in, in, very, in a wide variety of ministries, in prisons, in your workplaces, in your families. But maybe... This is an area that you're feeling challenged in this morning. What is this call on our lives? Will you join with me in praying to God to bring someone into your life this week that, knows the, that needs to know the love and power of Jesus? Maybe it's spending time with your family who don't know Jesus yet. Your neighbours or those that you go to work with, that you spend your days with, um, catching up with your friends in the school holidays or the people from your sports clubs, as you go about your everyday lives in the world, how do you and how do I share this amazing message of Jesus with them? Maybe there's somebody right now that you're thinking of. Maybe you're thinking, I've been a bit like Jonah. When those opportunities to talk about God have come up, I've run the other way. Maybe you've been scared and you'd rather hide than share Jesus. Can I encourage you, as I've prayed for myself, for opportunities to share what God wants us to share, to bless them, to encourage them, to eat with them, to listen to their stories and see the opportunities to share our story, to pray with them in their circumstance and to introduce them to Jesus in a way that they understand. God calls each one of us to go. I wonder how you'll respond. Can I invite you to stand as we pray together? Oh, Jesus, we are so sorry for the times that you have told us to go and share your love with someone. And like Jonah, we've said no. We are so thankful for your grace and your forgiveness in our lives. Help us when we are afraid to be more concerned with what you think than what another human thinks. Help us to love well, to speak well and to share the amazingly good news of Jesus with those you call us to. Give us courage and wisdom 
empower us to be on mission for your kingdom. Amen. As we sing this last song, as we declare that we are children of God, can I encourage you to keep praying for those people that don't know him yet and think about our responsibility to share this message of Jesus. Hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.